Well, before you're seated, I just want to warn you, this message might need a label and a warning on it. The label would say, may cause extreme excitement. You may have to pull over on your way home for church and just park and shout for a while. You may not be able to sleep this afternoon because God is just so good. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Open your Bibles this morning to Psalms 34. The blessed life is simply experiencing the goodness of God in every facet of our lives. Psalm 34 verse 1 said, I will bless the Lord some of the time. I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. No, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now the word times there could say and mean seasons. In the seasons of life, whatever we are going through, the Lord should be being blessed. How many of you know sometimes you got to go through to get to? But on the way to getting to while you're going through, the mighty name above every name, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Every season of life. When you're a child, when you're a teen, when you're an adult, when you're elderly, when it's sunny, when it's rainy, when you feel good, when you don't feel good, when the bills are paid, when the bills are screaming out, whatever the case may be, I will. I will. I get my will involved in this praise because I know this praise, if I praise him long enough, this praise will raise me up. I will bless the Lord at all times. It blesses the Lord when you bless him when you don't feel like it. His praise shall continually be in my heart. Oh, I've got, a, I've got a silent praise in my heart. That won't get it. Oh, I've got a silent prayer in my heart. No, the Bible says we're to lift up our voice. His praise shall occasionally be in my mouth. No, thank God he didn't say occasionally. He said his praise shall continually beware. Be in my mouth. In Hebrews, he says, By him, therefore, let us offer unto God continually the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Can somebody just say, Thank you, Lord? How about, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord? Oh, the Lord. He's been so good to me. How about you? His praise shall. Hallelujah. I see it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The reason why people are not getting their manifestation is they stop short in their praise. 
They shut their praise down and it shuts your manifestation down. The Lord said, praise me continually. If you stop, if you stop praising, you're stopping short of the full manifestation that God's got for you. That's a powerful truth right there. I just saw that just like... Oh, Jesus. Help us to continue. See, we're to continue in the word, but we're also to continue in praise. Praise will cause you to sail right through your midnight hour. Praise will cause you to be lifted up by his glory and by his power. Praise and worship must flow through my church in this very hour. For as it does, the will of my Father shall be accomplished here on earth. I've said in my word to pray that your kingdom come, your will be done. My will is for my people to ever be filled and stimulated with the Spirit, lifting their voice in praise and in worship. And in doing so, I will inhabit their lives. In doing so, I will inhabit this nation. In doing so, I will inhabit their churches. And I shall arise. And the enemies of the king shall scatter. Yeah, yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Say with me, let God arise. Let God arise. Where is God? God's on the inside of you. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let praise arise and his enemy be scattered. Let the children of God with the voice of faith lift their voice up and let him rise up on the inside of you. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. If you'll continue in praise, you will have a continual presence of the King in your life. If you will continue in praise, hallelujah, the manifestations shall continue to come. Man. All right. How many ever heard of a, a, a lady by the name, a struggling lady preacher by the name of Joyce Meyer? Ever seen Joyce on television? You know why Joyce Meyer is such a blessing? Because she's a blessing. But you know why the main reason why Joyce Meyer is such a blessing? Is because she teaches and preaches right where the people are at. She's not way up here and the people way down there. She's been through. And she's gotten to. And she's helping other people go through so that they, who can get to? But she said something that is, is, is just burned in my heart. And that is this. If you complain, you will remain. Complaining never causes his enemies to be scattered. Belly aching. Calling things that are as though they are. 
calling yourself less than what God has called you, complaining about your job, complaining about your circumstance, will not take you beyond that circumstance. It will cause you to remain at a lower level than God has designed for you. The reason why so many people are going through the same test over and 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 over again is because they haven't passed the test. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Not moan, groan, and complain. Somebody says, how do you know those things? I've had to take some tests over again sometimes. She said, complain and remain. There are things that God has prepared for you that unless we prepare ourselves for what he's prepared for us, we'll never walk in the divine preparations that God has put on the inside. The will of God for you and me is to come up, Amen. not to remain. And so Joyce said, complain and remain. But what happens if you praise? If you'll praise, you will be raised. Mm-mm-mm. Verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. How many of you know it's all right to brag in the Lord? Just so you're pointing all the glory to Him. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. You know, when you give a testimony and people get upset and get mad about the testimony you're given, it just shows you they're not humble, they're full of pride. Well, what about me? How come the Lord hadn't done that for me yet? Because of your big fat mouth? (laughs) The Bible says rejoice. 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 With those who rejoice. Amen. Amen. You get a new car, I'm going to go out there and look at it, and I'm going to rejoice. I may just run around your car a few times. Well, what are you so happy about? It's their car. Yeah, but my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm in line, and I'm next. Get happy with those that are happy. And then weep with those that weep. Don't come along somebody that's going through a difficult time and throw salt on their wounds and condemn. No, be a blessing and be a lifter. Verse 3, you ready? Read now. (laughs) Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify Him. Like Brenda said during the offering or during the time when she was on there, when you magnify Him, He gets bigger. He gets bigger. 
It's not that God's not already big, but he needs to get bigger in our lives. We need to see him as he is. Not through the lens of religion. Not through the lens of our insecurities. But through the lens of the word of the living God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Now notice this in verse 4. I sought the Lord and he was too busy to hear me. No, thank God I sought the Lord and he heard me. And delivered me. Woo! Glory to God. From every stinking fear that presents itself against you, that forms itself against you, will not prosper in the lives of those that will magnify him and seek him. I sought him. I sought him. And he said, Mark, don't worry. Mark, don't fear. John, don't be afraid. Betty, thou shalt not sweat it. Sue, seek me. Put life's problems in my hands. For I am your God. I am your deliverer. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Now notice this with me. And delivered me. Notice it didn't say he soothed me. He didn't say he brought comfort to me. Oh, bless your heart. No, he delivered me. See, being comforted in a time of trouble is good, but it's better to be delivered. He delivered me from all my fears, every stinking one of them the fear of man, the fear of flying. The fear of lack. The fear of the future. God does not want you to look at your future in dismay. He does not want you to look at your future in despondency. He wants us to smile at our future. Why? Because he's already been there and he knows how everything's going to turn out. Whoa, glory to God. Say it with me. Everything is going to be all right. He delivers you from your fear of the future. How many have been taunted about the what ifs of the enemy? I have. Every fear given thought is designed to imprison you. But every faith filled thought is designed to set you free. I sought the Lord. He heard me. He delivered me from my fear. All of it. Fear of the future. Brothers and sisters in Christ today, I exhort you as your pastor to smile at your future. It drives the devil nuts when you have a smile on your face. Maybe pain in your foot, but a big old smile. 
on your face. It drives him crazy when you've got a big smile on your face and your babies are out drinking and doing drugs. You just smile because you know that those things have an expiration date and you know that things are going to turn around and everything's going to be all right. Woo! Glory. He delivered me. He delivered me from the fear of lack. You're not going to have enough. You're not enough. You're not going to have enough. You're not going to make it. I beg your pardon. I serve the way maker. He is the way maker. He provides a way of escape. He provides a way for you to make it through your darkest hour. Amen. Say with me, I'm seeking the Lord. And he delivers me from all fear. Now, when you are delivered from all fear, how much fear do you have left? Got a question for you. Is that God being good to you or is that God being good to you? Now, notice this in verse 5. This is so rich. I don't care whether I get through a half a page of my notes today. And I got about 10. They looked... Now, who are they? Those that praise Him continually. Those that seek the Lord. You have a choice where you're going to look in this day and this hour. You can look unto Jesus or you can look unto the circumstance. You can look unto Jesus or you can look at the unpaid bills. You can look... You got it. They looked unto Him. You know, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. It all deals with looking. I discovered that I cannot look two ways at the same time. I either got to be looking Him, trusting in Him, moved by the good news on the inside, refusing to be moved by the bad news on the outside. Now notice this. The Bible says, they looked unto him and were lightened. That's that's an interesting word there, isn't it? As a result of you and I looking to him, our lives do not become fearful and queasy, but become light and easy. They looked looked unto him and were lightened. Now, I looked this up in another translation. Are you ready for good news? What this literally says is this. They looked unto Him, glory to God, and they became radiant with joy. Looking to Him causes you and I to become radiant with joy. In other words, there's something about looking to the light of the world that lights you up. (laughs) He's the light of the world. And if you look to Him, He will enlighten your darkness. He will light your life up. Amen. To where you're not only radiant with joy on the inside and on the outside for you, but it's so tangible that people around you just want to be near you. Radiant. Shining with the joy of the Lord.
Say it with me. The Lord is the strength of my life. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. What would the opposite be of being radiant with joy? How about darkened with sorrow? There's a big difference, isn't there? What causes us to be radiant with joy is looking to Him. What causes us to be darkened with sorrow is looking the other way. Now, I'll be honest with you. There have been times in my life where I have been darkened and dulled to the point where I felt like I was not just dull, but I was, you know, like dumb and dumber. I was dull and duller. And I discovered it's because I was looking at the wrong thing. And when I made that adjustment of doing that shift and changing that channel and focused on Him, I became radiant again with the joy of the Lord. Now listen, if you've lost your joy, God will restore it to you today. Because your joy is not something that you cannot recover. Your joy is a spiritual force on the inside of you. It is part of your recreated human spirit. So you really haven't lost your joy. Your joy just needs to be stirred up. Come on. Your joy needs to be stirred up. And you stir it up by talking about it. You stir it up by looking to Him. You stir it up by counting it all joy when you fall into different temptations. It is the tendency of our lives, and I will include myself in this. It is our tendency to look to something Or someone to bring us joy. But how many of you know joy doesn't come really from money? Joy doesn't come from having a husband or a wife. It can cause joy. But the source of real joy is Him. And sometimes we we want someone just to to pray some sort of a magical prayer for us. You know, so that, you know, we'll just laugh all day long. And I believe in Holy Ghost, Spirit-anointed prayers that will cause you to laugh. But what are you going to do in your midnight hour? This joy that you have, the world didn't give it to you. The world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. This joy that I have, my wife didn't give to me. The joy of Brenda Hash, I didn't give to her. The joy of the Lord comes from Him. Now listen very carefully. This joy can be stirred up on the inside of you. It can be stirred up. Do it through praise. Do it through worship. Do it through the word and let his presence lift you. Amen.
So they looked unto him and were lightened. They were radiant with joy and their faces were not ashamed. Verse 6, this poor man cried. Anybody ever had problems, poor man problems? <laughs> this poor man cried. And the Lord said, it's okay now, son. Some are to be rich, some are to be poor, and you are poor. <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> this poor man cried and he heard him. And saved him out of his poor troubles. Out of all his troubles. Tell me, is that being God? Is, is, is that God being good to you or what? He saved you out of trouble. I found a verse of scripture yesterday in, in Nahum 1 where it says this. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows them that trust him. He's a stronghold. The message says it this way. God is good. And he's a hiding place in tough times. And he recognizes, come on now. He recognizes and welcomes anyone looking for him. They looked into him and they were lightened. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a safe hiding place. When we run into it, we're safe. Because running to the Lord instead of running from the Lord in a time of trouble shows that you really trust Him. And think about this. Jesus is at the front door of the tower. And He recognizes you. Come on in. Come on in. And He welcomes you. He says, come on in. At the top floor, come on up to the penthouse. I got refreshments for you. I got some times of refreshing for you. Now don't think it's strange considering the fiery trial which is sent to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of my sufferings. For when you are reproached for my name, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of glory will rest on you. So not only run to the tower, but go to the penthouse. And find that in the penthouse, there's some refreshing for you. Now, trouble's all around you, but you're not sweating it because you're in the tower. And I'm not talking about the Motown song, Tower of Power. But it is a tower of Holy Ghost power. All the enemy can do is down there below, shoot arrows up and try to penetrate the tower. But the Bible says those flaming missiles are extinguished for those who put their trust in Him. Say with me, my God is good. He's my hiding place. In tough times, He recognizes me. And He welcomes me. Man, that's good. This is good food today. Now notice this. In verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that reverence him and delivers them. You know that this whole building today is full of angels? If God were to open your eyes, you would see 
into the unseen realm. You'd see my angel right over here. Big. Grande. Es muy grande. Big angel. It's in a prayer meeting in Calvin Plumley's basement in Wilmer, Minnesota. Before I met Brenda, this was in the 70s. And Jim Caseman's daughter, Annette, during a time of intercessory prayer, God opened her eyes and she saw my angel. And she said he looked huge and he looked just like Mr. Clean. Now, Annette, she's not one given the story. She's a very humble, very meek girl. This is when she was just a little girl. But she saw my angel. Show your angels right there with you. Frank, your angels right there with you. Jamar. Angels. We are not to worship angels. But we are to recognize the fact that they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for you and me. For we are heirs of salvation. Part of your benefit package of being an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus is angelic assistance. They are encamping all around this church. They're encamping all around your property. They're encamping all around your children. They're encamping around my granddaughter. They're encamping. And they're causing their lives to become impenetrable. Not able to be penetrated. Because there's a shield of protection. And angels are working on your behalf right now. Angels are working. They're bringing money in. They're bringing business in. They're bringing your babies in. Angels are working. They're protecting them. They're protecting you. He gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. You get on a jet this week, the angels of the Lord encamp around about you. There is no need to fear, for they that be with us are much, much more than they that be with them. So we're not afraid of Friday the 13th. Our Halloween stories of devils, demons, and evil spirits. They have been fallen, but you have been risen. And you stand upright before the throne of grace. Oh my goodness. Lift your hands and just thank Him for it. Oh Jesus. We loose the angels over Washington, D.C. We loose the angels over this nation. 
We loose the angels over our politicians. We bind up a spirit of antichrist over this nation. We loose the Christ. My, my, my. Did you know that angels can influence people? Now, they don't preach the gospel, but they can influence people. Angels, if properly dispatched through faith-filled words of believing and vocalizing, those angels are sent around your rebellious loved ones and they can influence them for good by even causing a human labor to come across their path. Oh, Jesus. So say it with me. The angel of the Lord is encamping around about me. For I fear him. I reverence him. And he delivers us. I think we need to be much more aware of the unseen realm than we've been. Not the unseen realm on the dark side, but the unseen realm on the Lord's side. That's why he said, don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen by these eyes are temporary. But the things that are unseen and only seen by your spiritual eyes, they are eternal. You know, that's why I can get happy when I'm going through a test. Because I know that every test has an expiration date on it. You ready to go on? Can you handle a little, just a little bit more? So when the angels of the Lord are encamped around about you, that's Him being good to us. Now, verse 8. I don't know if we'll make it any further. But notice with me in verse 8. Oh, taste and see. Oh, taste and see. See for yourself. Taste and see for yourself. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, happy, to be prosperous, to be empowered to prosper is the man that trusts him. When you taste and see that the Lord is good for yourself, what ought to come out of your heart is, Oh, God. Oh, God, you are good. How many of you have ever tasted some food that is really good? You don't pull your napkin up and get all debonair and dignified and say, well, I declare this is some of the finest food I've tasted on my palate since I don't know when. Uh-uh. There could be some grunting going on. There could be some groaning going on. There could be some, mm, 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 mm. Was that good? I got to be careful sometimes when I'm in a restaurant. Because a man of God likes food. Now, I don't eat red meat all the time. I usually do it two at the most three times a week. And so when I eat red meat, I don't just eat any red meat. 
If I'm going to eat red meat, I'm going to eat something good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So a week ago, we're down in Napoma, California, and Brenda's doing a women's meeting, and we're spending a couple days down there just rejoicing over her birthday. And on the way home, we stopped at this Firestone restaurant in downtown San San Luis Obispo. And I'd been saving my red meat for that Saturday afternoon, (laughs) about 4.30. I'm telling you now, they have the finest tri-tip I've ever eaten in my life. I mean, Jimmy, Shekab Asanda. It's good. And I think for about seven bucks, they pile it up this thick on a nice roll with some barbecue sauce. And, I, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, ooh, Jesus, thank you. I don't need any salad. I don't really need any french fries. All I need is a little bit more barbecue to dip my sandwich in. So Brenda and I are sitting there, minding our own business. You know, there's football games all over the place, people all over the place. And there's a full family next to us, to my left and to her right. And I'm eating that tri-tip sandwich, and I'm going, oh. Mm. Oh, and then I look over there and this lady's looking at me like that. <laughs> she had not gotten her meal yet, but if she didn't have what I ordered, I bet you she changed her order. Come on, somebody. Now, I could have sat there and told her all day how good it was. It is not about description. It's about experiencing, come on, the goodness of God for yourself. They say that a picture is worth a thousand words. I say to you today, a taste is worth a thousand words. Oh, taste. And see that the Lord is good. Now as good as that was last Saturday, I'm going to have to see me some red meat Monday. (laughs) Because I'm not living on yesterday's taste. I'm not living on the charismatic movement from the 70s. I look back and I thank God for it, but God's got mucho, mucho more than what happened in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and early 2000s. You see, I've been so drunk in the Holy Ghost before I could hardly get out of my chair. I've been so filled with the Holy Ghost that laughter took a hold of me and I laughed for hours. I've been so baptized with the Holy Ghost over and over and over and over again that it has changed my life. But you know what? As good as it's been, it can be better. Listen now. As rich as he's been, he can be richer 
and richer to you. See, I believe this, as Brenda teaches tonight, on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That there are people that are going to come and be filled with the Spirit. But then there's people that are going to come and be refilled and refueled with the Holy Spirit. Because the truth of the matter is, is we cannot live on yesterday's blessings. I do not want to look back longingly and talk about all that God has done. I want to rejoice in what He's doing now. And what He's doing today. And what He's going to do tomorrow. See, the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. It initially happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 4. They were all one accord, one place. There came a sound from heaven, as a brush mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them, cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each and one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were in that upper room so drunk in the Spirit. That they went out on the streets of Jerusalem, rocking and a-rolling. They thought, these guys are filled with new wine. Peter stood up and says, these men and women are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. But you see, that same bunch that was filled in Acts chapter 2 got filled over and over and over again throughout their lives. And that says this to me, that yes, you can be initially filled with the Spirit. But my spiritual father says, we must have constant refreshings and constant refillings of the Holy Spirit. Now the question I have for you is, have you tasted yet of the good word of God? Do you want more? Have you you tasted and have you seen that the Lord is good? Have you tasted of the heavenly gift Of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Have you tasted yet? And if you have not tasted yet. The master says today. Ho! (laughs) Everyone that thirsteth. Thirsteth. Let him come unto me and drink. He is the source of living water. He is the source of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Oh taste. And see that the Lord is good. I want to encourage you this morning. To not only get filled with the word. But stay filled with the word. Not only look to him on Sunday and Wednesday. When you come to church. But look to him every day of your life. Not only get filled. But stay filled. He said it like this. Oh taste. And see that the Lord is is good. Don't let someone else describe this wonderful fullness of the Spirit. Come to the table for yourself. Mm. I prophesy an outpouring on this church. Outpouring. Outpouring. Outpouring, Lord. Malakoshte, ele mahalindo okuste belegast. Overflow, overflow. This is my will. Overflow, overflow. Come and be filled. Overflowing with my spirit. Overflowing with my goodness. Will cause your life to come up higher 
And it'll cause you to be better in every area of your life. Now, Psalms 23 says this, and I'm going to close here in just a moment. Psalms 23. He says, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. Oh, Jesus. It's not one of these sermons today that when we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout the victory. No, this meal is right here in the presence of your enemies. Don't you dare allow your enemies to keep you from coming to the table. Oh, I'm just so... It's been such a tough week and it's, it's just things are so awful and things are so bad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We heard it before. Stop it. Your answer is not in your whining and groaning and complaining. Your answer is in that six-course meal on the table. Well, I don't know. Pastor, I don't know if I can, if I can make... No, just come on to the table. Say, pass the biscuits, please. I'll take a great big platter of joy. Give me a jug of Holy Ghost wine. Notice he says this. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. I mean, this is for now. And I love this. He says, you revive my drooping head. How are you doing? Not so good. Why? Things are looking down. I guess so. What are you going to do today? I don't know. Things look bad. I guess so. Let there be a revival of your drooping head. See, a lot of people like this. And they fight this. But you'll find... That if you allow the Holy Spirit to lift you, you'll experience revival in your life. The Bible says He is the glory. He is the lifter. He is the lifter. He's the quickener. He's the lifter of the church. He's the lifter of your body. If you want to be lifted today from circumstances that have caused your head to droop, If you want to come to the table today and be revived. If you want Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Today is your day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Well, did you get anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our feet. Pastor Tom, come help me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.